0: You are now listening to Music Legends with your host, Chili Willie. What's up, ladies and germs? It's your boy Chili Willie, a.k.a. Michael Scott's therapist and witch doctor. On today's episode, our music legend has basically created a brand new style of music and received six Grammy nominations for it, which is not too shabby for a 37-year-old. This 37-year-old is a cool cat and a mysterious cat. Up until recently, nobody even knew what his face looked like. It turns out, he's not a cat at all. He's actually quite the opposite a mouse. A dead mouse. That's right, everybody. Today's music legend is EDM DJ producer by the name of Dead Mouse. Those are some sweet Canadian beats right there. That's right. Today's music legend is from Canada. In fact, he's from a pretty little place called Niagara Falls. You may have taken a vacation there to witness its amazing waterfall. And as romantic as it is, it happened to attract a young couple by the name of Nancy and Rod Zimmerman. Absolutely loving the town, they decided to settle down and start a family. So that's what they did. They ended up having three kids. First Jennifer, then Joel, and finally Chris. Joel was the most curious and mischievous of the three. His mother was reported saying, quote, by the time he could toddle, he was making a real bond with mechanical things. He liked experiments that had an immediate, measurable effect, putting a fork in an electrical outlet or running a magnet over a television set to distort the image, unquote. Young Joel must have been a real hassle for his mother but his grandmother loved it. She recognized his passion for mechanical gadgets and wanted him to explore this to the absolute best of his ability. So as any good grandma would, she spent hours ravaging through goodwill to find TVs and toasters just to bring back to Joel so he could take them apart. And young Joel was in heaven. He would take apart and reassemble all the objects his grandmother had found for him over and over and never get bored. One Christmas, Joel received a set of precision tools for electronics. This may not have been the best idea, when, of course, he now felt the need to take apart every household object in sight, leaving a trail of tiny screws in his wake. Ah! After a while, the other family members' feet were a bloody mess. Whenever Grandma came over, she always brought gifts for the kids, but none were as significant as the video game system. When Joel was only five years old, Nancy, his mother, remembers leaving for work in the morning and seeing her son glued to the screen. When she returned at night, he'd still be there, cross-legged and surrounded by crumb-crusted plates. In tribute to his early infatuation, adult Joel's tattoos depict pixelated old-school video game graphics. Now, a few years later, Joel's mother brought home her business computer, and naturally, he wanted to play. He wanted to figure out how his beloved video games were made, Joel began fiddling around, experimenting, learning code, and occasionally deleting his mother's business files in his quest to master the computer. One day, Joel had a friend over and wanted to show off his skills using the computer. He went to turn it on, but there was nothing. No buzz of any processor or flicker of light when he pressed the on button. Just a black screen and a weird burning smell. Joel began freaking out that he had just broke his mother's business computer, but he realized if anyone could fix it, he could. He began taking it apart. When he opened it up, he found a dead mouse laying across the circuit board. Him and his friend stared at the deceased rodent in absolute shock. He realized it wasn't getting fixed anytime soon, but at least he could say he didn't break it. When his mother came home from work that night, Joel was excited to show her what happened. She screamed. The next day, Joel got to school and walked down the hall to his first class. Hey, what's up, Dead Mouse? Hey, Dead Mouse, what's up, man? Words spread about what had happened the night before, and the nickname caught on. When Joel was 14 years old, he discovered the online chat room. One day, he announced he communicated on a chat room with a stranger from the other side of the world. His mother laughed, assuming she was the butt of some geeky joke, but he was telling the truth. Joel was having conversations with people all around the world via chat room. But these people didn't know him as Joel. As far as they were concerned, he was Dead Mouse, which is what he made his account name. When Joel, now known as the Dead Mouse Guy, or just Dead Mouse for short, became a teen, things at home started feeling different. His parents weren't getting along anymore. Fighting all the time and yelling at one another, Joel decided to distance himself as far as possible from the family. Through this process, Joel started to develop a new passion music, and expressing himself through it. He started going to raves. He dyed his hair Pokemon Yellow and molded it into spikes on the top of his head. He wore sagging, fat pants that exposed his boxers. He outfitted himself with a Pokemon backpack and a metal chain that hung from his pants. Although Joel's parents still weren't quite getting along, they agreed on one thing to let their kids express their creativity. It was the 90s, and although Joel was getting older, the internet and electronic music were still in their infancy. The early stages of electronic music were performed in abandoned warehouses on the edge of town, almost like a secret society filled with disc jockeys and geeky engineers. Joel found his place, his people, but most importantly, his new obsession, just like when his grandma showed him video games. Playing them eventually got boring, and he figured out how to make them. Joel was now on a mission to learn everything he could about this new and intriguing music. At one of the many raves Joel attended in his teenage years, he made acquaintances with a few older guys who had owned a record store and produced a radio show about electronic music. From that simple human connection, Joel was able to take a huge step in the direction of his passion.
1: Uh, As it turned out, because I made that human connection, and, and like I said, this is gonna keep tying into my point, as, as as I made that human connection, that human interaction, that actually get off the fucking internet and go do shit thing, uh, you know, now Adam says, well, hey, you know, uh, we're a bunch of DJs, and by DJs I mean they were like DJs, they had vinyl turntables and all that shit because fuck Pioneer wasn't even on the fucking market at that time, or, or whatever um besides the point so he says well you know we're djs and we get some guys uh some hip-hop guys from you know rochester and uh, another dj from niagara falls and we put together this radio show and i was like oh wow that's really cool can i fucking can i use like you know hey we're gonna we're gonna tape the show you know and uh you should come by and just, just fucking hang out, you know? And then that's what I did. I, I hung out. I was the fucking kid that just sat in a fucking chair and watched these guys fucking DJ right
0: now. Dole started hanging around with these guys more and more, and he eventually became friends with them. Within a couple months, he had free roam to come and go whenever he pleased in the record store.
1: Fuck, sounds good to me. So, you know, skip fucking school and go, to, go hang out at a record shop, right? It's like fucking every kid's dream when you're 16, you know? I, you couldn't you couldn't get me out of that fucking studio like my mom would be calling like, where's Joel? You got to come home. No, 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 you know, and then it would be like, you know, of course you When you're around 17 18, you know, none of that shit applies So literally I would pull all-nighters in there and just fucking just dick around in the back of the record shop while they they were like more DJs, you know, what I mean? you heard
0: him folks. He was living every 16-year-old's dream. There was no way anyone could get him out of that record store once he got there. But he knew there was some way he could dig deeper into the electronic music scene. So acting on nothing but a spontaneous thought, 16-year-old Joel shook out his piggy bank, hopped on his bike, and rode off to the nearest music supply store. He was ready to buy everything and anything he needed to make electronic music himself. But it wasn't that simple. He arrived and walked up to the cashier. What do I need to buy to become a DJ? he said with a huge grin on his face. This was right around the time when music production software was first being created. Unfortunately for Joel, it was about $350, just for the software, which was a little bit out of Joel's piggy bank budget. He went home that day disappointed, but it wasn't long before he was back out there soaking up music like a sponge
1: weirdly not weirdly enough you know came to a point where i was kind of superseding uh, everyone in in terms of how to how to do something you know so you know it, the, some of the guys from the record shop would be like oh, i have to put together this commercial and i i don't know fucking how to do this trick or this thing or make a jingle or whatever i'm just i just record the show and we'll fucking slap it on the cd and drop it off at the radio station and it's like well fuck here I'll... you know what i mean so i i, I kind of outpaced everyone in terms of technology
0: he had an amazing knowledge of technology and he was only just about to graduate high school however right before he graduated the record store unexpectedly closed down and joel lost touch with his new friends who owned it he was left with a fatal question now what
1: i got some jobs i worked in a cannery fucking peeling peaches and pears uh, which i will never eat to this day i still will never eat another peach or another fucking pear Every time I smell one, see one, or whatever, it just drives me fucking bonkers because that job was so horrible. Working at a cannery, I don't wish that on fucking Garrix, dude. It was bad. Yeah, fuck the pears, dude. I was like, fuck pears.
0: Well, now he's scarred for life thanks to peaches and pears. But as he worked through the peach and pear-filled hell, Yeah, fuck the pears, dude. Joel was able to save up enough money to get his very own computer and production software. He was finally able to make the music he loved and write from his bedroom. But Joel started growing frustrated. Nothing he was making was coming out the way he wanted it to. Nothing felt right. So yet again, he turned off his computer to make a human connection. He rode his bike to a local recording studio that was right by his house, to see if he could work there as an intern. With his knowledge of computers and technology, in a time and place that needed it, the studio decided to hire him on, as an unpaid intern. Joel didn't care, he was just happy to be there. So,
1: that was a really interesting thing, and then, you know, I just, again, just became the fucking ghost of Ground Loop Studios. I was always fucking there, I was just hanging out, I'm not making money there, and I'm Putting, you know, my talents to work in terms of whatever, and then...
0: Now, instead of making his own music, he was watching the process of music being made. From according to mixing, he was paying close attention to every detail, still trying to figure out why the songs he was making weren't sounding quite right. He learned about countless mixing tricks and new pieces of equipment. One particular effect he learned about is called sidechain compression. Wait, wait, wait. What the heck is that? Well, here's a good example. It's the pumping you hear in that synth that's making the kick drum more prominent. Anyway, Joel's perspective began to change as he spent more and more time at the recording studio. He took all these new concepts home to incorporate them in his own music, and it all started to click. Joel finally found that secret sauce that his music needed. The new mixing techniques he learned gave it life, something no electronic music had up until this point. He was cranking out at least five songs every day. His composing abilities were getting better. His mixing abilities were getting better. He was firing on all cylinders. Joel was creating more music than ever before. Anything he heard turned into something he could create in his own music. One of those things he heard happened to be a synthesizer on an album by a very popular band called Nine Inch Nails. Joel was inspired to recreate it, but again, something about his synth didn't seem quite right. Two years after Joel first walked into that recording studio, he was sitting in a chair behind his mentor, who took him under his wing and showed him so many new things about music. His mentor was a mix engineer for the studio, and one of the things he always told Joel was to shut up and learn. But today, there was something on Joel's mind he just had to let out. So, yet again, he acted on a spontaneous, impulsive decision. Find out what that spontaneous, impulsive decision was right after this short break. What's up, folks? As you might already know, I love podcasting. I love listening to new podcasts. I love learning new things. But today, I want to talk to you about a particular podcast called The Final Percent. The Final Percent gives you creative outside-the-box tips on how to run a business, become an effective leader, and simply grow as a human being. The host is Greg Kimball, CEO of KMG Life Inc., a popular recording studio and audio school in Boulder, Colorado. When you're listening to this podcast, It's reassuring to know that the person that's talking about these things is someone who has already been through it as a successful CEO and business owner. And he really has been through a lot. Not only that, but he's become a personal inspiration of mine. So why not let him become an inspiration for you too? Check out the Final Percent podcast on iTunes now. Now back to music legends, as Joel acted on a spontaneous decision Before he could even process that particular thought, it just came out. Hey, do you know of the band Nine Inch Nails? Joel said. The mix engineer turned around, smiling. It turns out he knew the band personally. He recorded one of their first records a few years previously. He liked Joel enough to give him the email of the band's front man, and in no time, Joel was sitting down to email Trent Reznor, the front man of Nine Inch Nails. Joel didn't care about what synthesizer they used anymore. He was more interested in using this opportunity to introduce popular music to electronic music. So Joel sat there at his computer, staring at the screen of music he'd created, his finger on the mouse twitching nervously as he contemplated clicking the send button. This was one of the few times in his life that he struggled to act on impulse, but he did it. And I'm sure he was happy when he did, because it only took a couple days to get a response. Back in the day when everybody checked every email they got, Trent Reznor opened up a mysterious email from Deadmau5 with a link to all of his music. When he opened the link, he was astonished, blown away by everything he was hearing. He immediately sent the email to everyone he knew, even back to Deadmau5, including his manager's phone number. It was now when Deadmau5 and his music went viral. Later that year, Deadmau5's music wound up on Methods of Mayhem, the rap-tinged album by Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee. This introduced hip-hop and rock fans to electronic music. Everybody that listened to Deadmau5's music could tell there was something different about it. Joel knew it was his time to shine. He showed off his keen understanding of sonic anatomy in the song This is the Hook. It's a house track that features a real-time narration of the elements you hear in the song, all in a digitally manipulated robotic-sounding voice. I like the bass. I like the bass. I like the cruise, but I digress. This. this is the This is the It's catchy. You like it? This is the This song sailed to the top of the Beatport charts, a seal of approval from the electronic music underground. It was around this time that Joel began to despise the direction electronic music was headed. Every new song that came out seemed to sound the same to him. In fact, he even hated the term DJ. He felt it was highly outdated and an improper description of his approach to music. He no longer wanted to be a DJ. Instead, he wanted to be a music legend.
1: It's absolutely appalling. All these people think that if you're on the Beatport Top 10 that you're making something out of yourself. Well, you're making a mockery out of electronic music. I'm a producer, and I come from the underground, and I'm quite frankly, I'm sick and tired. And I'm here to go on these rants on message boards.
0: His entire involvement with music thus far was about trying to push it to a new level, to make something that sounded different. At the same time, Joel's new manager had been pushing for him to do live shows. He was at a breaking point and wanted nothing to do with them. Until he had an idea, he found an old 3D image of a mouse head which he created years ago while learning about 3D imaging. The kid that once took apart computers just to put them back together was now building a life-size mouse head. A few weeks later was his first ever show. Dead Mouse walked on stage. The huge crowd gasped and screamed from sheer bewilderment. His music alone was crazy, but this was on a whole nother level. Dead Mouse said nothing as he sat down and his giant mouse mask began to glow. He started playing his music and the lights on the mask began to move along with it. That was it. The crowd went wild. The mouse mask was the icing on the crazy different cake he was delivering to the people. Don't get me wrong, it was a cool idea. But he got a lot of flack for it. In March 2014, it was reported that the Walt Disney Company had filed a request with the United States Patent and Trademark Office to investigate Dead Mouse's application to register the mouse head emblem as a trademark. And I have to say, the resemblance of Mickey Mouse and the mouse head is pretty close, and Disney seems to think so too, arguing that the mouse head might cause a little bit of confusion because it's quote, nearly identical in appearance, connotation, an overall commercial impression, unquote. Joel later attacked on Twitter, arguing that the company thinks of the people as being stupid because they might confuse an established electronic musician with the cartoon mouse. The giant argument seems to have finally died down in the past couple years. And even if Disney tried to sue Dead Mouse, I don't think he'd be worried. It's reported that he gets paid $100,000 for a single show. Although he has yet to win a Grammy, Deadmau5 has been nominated six times. He did win six major Canadian awards, including Best Canadian DJ. Not that Joel's sitting pretty, he bought a huge house near his hometown, Niagara Falls, complete with his very own production studio which he designed. Six cars with different outrageous designs, and a gaming room with six different computers, designed to have the same theme as his outrageous cars. Oh, and his marriage was just as outrageous as his house. In a good way. In 2017, deadmau Mouse married his longtime girlfriend, Kelly Fedoni, who's a real estate agent. She tries to stay out of the spotlight for the most part. But it turns out that can be pretty hard when you're married to a famous DJ. deadmau Mouse posted some pictures of his wedding that ended up going viral on Instagram and Twitter. They show him and his wife standing in front of a crazy fire display. Don't worry, folks. If you want to see him, I'll have links to all the pictures in the show notes, so be sure to check that out deadmau Mouse is so involved with his fans on Twitter, he let them know he'd be offline for a few days, posting, quote, BRB getting married, unquote, BRB being millennial slang for be right back. deadmau Mouse is the definition of different and crazy. deadmau Mouse thrives on spontaneity and recklessness, and so does the electronic music culture that he's helped to create. Joel Zimmerman has always been antisocial, closed off, and insanely smart experimenting with computers and technology at the age of four. On the other hand, Deadmau5 has always been creative, passionate, and constantly making human connections to get him where he is now. This man has found a way for the two opposite sides of himself to beautifully work together, thus creating a music legend. Thank you all so much for listening to Music Legends. If you haven't already, share it with some friends. And if you liked what you just heard, write me a good review on iTunes or wherever you listen. I know it seems like a simple little thing, but it really does mean the world to me. This episode was produced, edited, and recorded by me, Chili Willy. I also want to give a quick but big shout-out to my friend and teacher, Chase Thompson, who helps a bunch as well. He's a complete badass when it comes to podcasting and pretty much anything else audio-related. Thanks for everything. It's only the beginning. And for everyone else, what music legend do you want me to do next? Hit me on the email at musiclegendspodcast at gmail.com, or the snail mail, or a paper scroll sealed by wax, whichever way you prefer to transfer words. This has been Music Legends with Showdown.